watch this. I want you to put your hands together and welcome him to the stage. Big round of applause for the Black Delegates Podcast. Y'all heard, take it from the top. One, two. My mic sound nice, check one. My mic sound nice, check two. My mic sound nice, check three. Are you ready? You are listening to the Black Delegates Podcast. I'm your host, the Ghetto Phenom. This is episode 169. 169 episodes y'all been rocking with us. We appreciate you for it. Uh, you can always check us out at blackdelegates.com for the latest episodes. Uh, with me today, and we're recording on August 9. Uh, things may have changed by the time you're listening to this, but with me today, Shonda, the studious one. Shonda, how you doing? Good evening. I'm well. How are you guys? We're doing good. Doing good. Also, we got... Box wine, Poppy, the habitual line stepper himself. What's going on? Yo, chilling. And we got the the COVID conqueror, the comic <laughs> book collector, uh, the yeller in chief, the Black Ryan. Ryan, what's going on? The yeller in chief. I like it. I, I like to call myself Mister Philip the Stat Sheet. Mister Philip the Stat Sheet. You know what? Mister mm, Triple Double, as he says. Yep. First person to get a triple double in uh, <laughs> dodgeball history. <laughs> <laughs> Well, appreciate you once again. I'm the Ghetto Phenom. We are the Black Delegates, the most intelligently ignorant podcast that you ever heard. <laughs> uh, so without further ado, let's jump right into this week in blackness. And here we just talk about what's going on in our week. Let's see. Who do I want to pick on today? I think first, got to go with Box Wine Pop. <laughs> I knew it was coming to me. Hey. He was making eyes. You, you, you're raising your eyebrows at me. You know, you, that's called you that's called being tired. But no, man, I'm mean, look. I'm gonna keep it short and sweet, man. Nothing happened. This is the most boring week in, in human history. Uh, summer sucks. Get summer out of here. Like, man, what were we doing when we were little kids, thinking summer was was dope because we got out of school and your parents took you somewhere like once every three weeks. That was it. That, it was. It, but it wasn't cool, man. It's hot as hell out here. I don't even want to step foot outside. So, man, tr- summer is trash. Get this out of here. And one thing that really happened was I tried to go to a haircut today. And so I booked my appointment or whatever like that over the weekend. I was like, oh, I'm going to go up there, get, my, get cut up. That's why you got a hat on. Yeah. And then look, <laughs> look, I, I'm like this morning, I'm sitting there getting ready to leave out the door. Dude t- texts me, my, my, my barber. Hey, I got the COVID. And this dude, like mm. his, his wife is like nine months pregnant or whatever like that mm. because he's been telling me that. So like, I don't, I, I don't know what, what all is going down, but he, you know, he's got COVID. I know he's got the vaccine already. So he's, you know, he's, he's like Ryan, I guess, but he's a little sick. And he was like, yo, well, I, I, I probably should be good by Wednesday. And I was like, mm, uh, you just take care of yourself, man. <laughs> 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 I, was like, yeah. I was like, I will see you uh, in August, in September. <laughs> right, right. So, so yeah, I'm just going to rock the hat for a little, another week or so longer. I don't know, nah, man. I might, I might go see him next week, but I'm not going to run up with on no Wednesday to, to, to no, see this man. Wait, you better wait 21 week. days. What you talking about? Yeah, man. man what? That's too close. Yeah, so, so that's it, man. Other than that, uh, yeah, we, we, we plan to take a little road trip ourselves this week. Uh, take the kids on one last little mini trip before a school starts. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have COVID by next week. We'll see, we'll see man. <laughs> That's really it. Hey, I'm I'm gonna go against you. You said summer was trash when you're little kids, but your parents don't gotta take you nowhere when you're a little nah, kid. Like you nope. just like running around and playing outside and don't have to wake up to go to school. Yep. Like at least that's how it was when we were kids. I know now I don't know if kids play outside or like run through the neighborhood like we did. Uh, cause now you gotta keep the kids a little bit closer. But I know I used to be all through the neighborhood. I used to be a mile away playing with other kids. That's because right. you, you was the Debo of the neighborhood, scaring kids and just punching <laughs> them in their face, stealing their lunchbox from them. That's, that's no problem, man. But, uh, but man, just like, man, I, you know, I, maybe there's like, you saw that global warming story today, but like, man, it is so much hotter in the summertime now than when we was kids. I know it was hot when we was kids, but like, I don't remember it being like, I can't breathe. <laughs> like, no, we miserable. just didn't care. You're just old now. So it just affects you differently now. That's all that is. So you done got soft over the years. When we was little, we I couldn't guess. stay in the house. They was like, get hey, out. We <laughs> hey, we didn't have no we didn't have no air conditioning. I didn't have no air conditioning in college. So, I mean, no no central air. We had like little window yeah, we'll units. So you just stand up there, you yeah. know, stand, just go, get up in their butt ass and just stand, stand in front of the window, you know, like this for like five that's minutes. That's why you didn't got soft. You, you didn't got acclimated to the AC. I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess, man. I remember going outside plenty of times and not being able to breathe when you open the door. <laughs> right. All right. What about you, Shonda? How was your week in blackness? Uh, 
weekend blackness was good. I um, was going to tell you guys. So I had, well, I recently had a job interview and it was kind of stressful actually because Uh-oh. it was, it was my first time doing this. So it was like a, a second step as an interview. Like I had the phone interview and then I had to do this virtual interview. Right. And it really felt more like a virtual escape room. I mean, like it was what? <laughs> it was literally like an adventure. I almost forgot that I was even doing an interview, but then there was pressure. So That's great. It, I mean, in theory, but whenever you've got like a job on the line that you are really interested in, it puts a lot of pressure on it. So the interview was like two video questions and you know, best practices, you're supposed to answer the questions in the smart um, format. No, I'm sorry. I got it wrong. So the star format where you do the situation, task, action, and then the result. And then it initially, so it would give you, it would give you a question and it gave you 30 seconds to read and sort of formulate your response. And after that 30 seconds was up, it just immediately started recording you. So whatever, like, if you had a deer in head, like sort of look on your face or whatever, like it's just going to stop and you can't stop the recording. Like <laughs> you have to prep like really, really quickly. And they were what? Just like we've been trying to do for you on the Black Delegates podcast. <laughs> and I have Be not right. Right. any questions. If you get that job, I'm on my cut. I'm on 10%. You're welcome. No, it was so stressful. And then like they were like layered questions. So then once it started recording, the question was gone. So you didn't even, you, there was nothing to refer back mm. to. So even if you wanted to like jot down a note, get everything together, then you're smiling because you know it's about to start recording. So Oops. it was two of those. Um, and then you only had like, a, I can't even remember, like a certain amount of time to actually provide your um, verbal response, your recorded response. So that was a little bit stressful. But then after that, there was like, an essay written response and that was awkward because I was then trying to transition from recording to typing like on my phone and then there were four games four and they were like uh okay wait I wrote them down let me look at my notes it was a math game for the notes (laughs) (laughs) right so it was uh and I can't even find where I put it down so it was like a math game and it was um like a shape like what was the previous shape like that sort of deal like a, and then like a matching game the matching game threw me off like it started off it was all easy and these games were timed as well so of course you want to try to get as many correct within the time frame but then you don't want to miss any either so within this matching game it started out so sweet and so nice so easy and then the shape started moving and then like they were moving all over the screen so then it made it a little bit harder. So then I missed one and then I heard like the red, like, eh, like it was almost like the, like the X on Family Feud. <laughs> so <laughs> that shook me a little bit. And then I started missing like several in a row. So I missed probably like six in a row because I heard that what I heard in my head mm. was like the Family Feud X. And then I started missing. Wah, wah. I know it was bad. I was like, I blew it. But anyway, there I was another. I would totally take game. this. I would do this interview for fun. What are you talking oh my about? Gosh, <laughs> <was great>. Right. <laughs> There was a math game, and it was. Yeah, um, there. Give, give us give us an example of one of these like math questions. Give, give us give us something that was like okay. Cool. Yeah, so I mean, so the math game. So it gave you your symbol. So it was either addition, subtraction, multiplication, or division, and it provided the answer. And then it gave you a pot of like numbers, and then you had to select um, the two or three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, numbers that would provide you with the answer that was so on an easy scale it would be like an addition and then it would be eight and then you would have to pick the six and the two but then Mm -hmm. it started giving you like all these like hard like it would be like 724 but then it would give you like 13 15 24 like so literally i was like i need a calculator like i don't know like if it's not divisible by five like i don't know like i I, I still would do this for fun (laughs) i'm very interested i just want to apply for a job so i can do this interview the the nines was good because because it would be like 
what it's nine it's like zero nine and then nine zero and exactly. they just like they, they meet in the middle that's the only thing i remember it's crazy but <laughs> anything was, above she, 11 she must be once trying I get, to work with box wine poppy and like the cia <laughs> you know as an assassin or something like that like this is like the wonder lick on steroids it was crazy and then outside of the four games the essay and the two video questions it was like another like multiple choice sort of question and i honestly don't even remember what that was but it was crazy but outside of that it was a good week <laughs> right so you, have you heard so back did you get a call back yeah. or dude when when do you expect a call back when Never. We don't, know <laughs> so, don't i beg your pardon actually i got another interview <laughs> after that so I, I made it through and i actually had to do like another virtual interview and it was more of a panel and um made it through that so i'm waiting to hear back so we'll we'll, we'll see if in a couple weeks okay all right do y'all think that uh, I've always said, and actually I've been told this before, at a certain point, you can do too well on those tests and they won't hire you, So, which I think is extra stupid. Do you want smart people working here or not? One time I had an interview, it was for, I forget what it was, but there was a math portion of the test. And uh, those of you who don't know me, Math League Champion 1993, and I aced the math <laughs> section. I got every single one right. And the lady was like, you're the first person that's ever taken this that got every single math uh, question right. I didn't have no calculator. It's just writing it down on a piece of scrap paper. Hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, I think I told her, Math League Champion 1993. And <laughs> she was just like, you know, you should be in accounting or something like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you know, not my path, blah, blah. She's like, I think you might be too smart for this job. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, come on. And I needed a job at that point. So mm. I was very upset about that. I think that you can kind of screw yourself. You got to get a couple wrong. Never go well, in there and get them wrong. Yeah. I mean, it depends. It depends on the level of the job because usually when they do that, it's like a you know lower mid level job, and they don't think you're gonna stay. They're like, nah, this dude yeah, is gonna come here and work that. for <laughs> six months, and then he's gonna go find something different. But I, I still do think it's whack, you know. But uh, but that's why they normally do that. Yeah, I, I've actually now being older, I actually I'm actually on like interview panel. I'm the person like sitting there, but like we don't ask my my company we don't ask like dumb questions like that not like gotcha or kind of like weird like games we'll do that stuff but i do remember my first job like phenom was talking about Chisengo. i remember like some it was like it was like a company it was a it was a bank and they were like asking me like where do you see yourself in like fires and i was like well i'm gonna go back to school and and, and go in there like well we don't and they just automatically disqualified me they're like well we want you to we, we expect you to stay here for a career i was like i was like dog i'm like i'm like 21 years old i'm not staying here this stupid company that's like so i was like cool whatever wow. <laughs> you're lost but 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 companies think like that it's like okay well if that's, if that's your little gotcha question and you want to see what they answer no i'm not gonna stay i'm not gonna look, i'm not 21 oh yeah i'm gonna be here for the next 40 years no, i'm not gonna stay with you for the next 40 i did years. get that one time because the lady asked me that and i was like i'm gonna go back to grad school i want to be a counselor and she's like that's oh, like what i said so you're gonna quit <laughs> she's like you're gonna quit in three or four years no and she told yeah. she said that to the boss she was like don't hire him and i'm like yo like i'm trying to get this job i don't know how long grad school is gonna take i just need a job right. and but yeah she three or four years that's a like, you know a, that's a nice little uh tenure especially today you know maybe back then you know people were used to working places 20 25 years you work at one place or two places not no more yeah like folks getting in and out of there three years maybe five and up but they still want that indentured servitude man you know in the sense like they think like hey i'm just gonna be locked in like no man nobody wants to do that as a young person but whatever man i interviewed a tree shonda was that it did you have anything else nope that was it that I was going to share on my weekend blackness. Well, good luck to you. We hope hope gotcha. it goes well. Thank Keep you. us posted. <laughs> well, let me let me jump in here next because mine is going to be actually kind of related to Shonda's. I too uh, had some interviews going on this week. However, uh, like box wine poppy, I was on the other side yeah. of the table. I was the the interviewer, not the interviewee, and so uh, you know. Like a lot of companies, a lot of organizations uh, where I work, trying to hire people, you know, trying to fill positions. And so we had a career fair. We actually have had a couple of them. And um, and I go and help out. And so at this one, they needed check out the honeys. I got you. I check out the honeys. That's what I would do, too. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. And, um, and usually they have people in that department, like interview the people who are applying for that. But there were nobody for uh, a couple of different departments. So they were like, hey, can you sit in? Uh, so and I was the only one. A lot of time there is, a you know, at least two people interviewing. Uh, but I was the only one. So I was kind of the sole uh, doorkeeper 
for these positions. Uh, so I got to uh, flex my muscle on these cats a little bit. And, and don't you like it when you're in that position, Phenom? Because like afterwards, maybe they'll email you and like, thank you so much for the opportunity and, and to speak with me and just learn about the the environment that you're that you're going on. It sounds like it's just so it's such a remarkable job there. And they, they'll be kissing up, be like, all right, dog, we, we, we either gonna hire you, we're not gonna hire you. You're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna follow up with all these emails. No, no you don't need to send me like a, a copy of your resume again. Like, this no, we're, we're good. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm, not gonna call, I'm not gonna call you. I'm not gonna call your references. You, you either failed the interview or you passed it. We're not doing all this. Yeah, I, I didn't get any follow-up emails. They probably forgot who I was the second they left. Uh, but And it was interesting because one guy was – I thought he was like a really good candidate. I'm like, oh, I'm, I, I went to the HR person and was like, hey, is this you know administrator-level position still open? And she's like, nah, that's been filled. And then the guy was asking about the benefits. And for that particular position, the benefits aren't that great. And so he was like super qualified, but he already had a job. And so uh, he was asking me about the benefits. I said, I don't know. Let's go talk to HR. You know, they can fill you in. I just saw his eyes just <laughs> die a little bit when she was telling him like, uh, yeah, these are the benefits. This is what you don't have. And he was, just, I just saw the interest just leave from his eyes at that point. So uh, hopefully he goes through for the next step, but. Man, hey, so. if you if I was on a job interview, like if it was a, it was in person or a Zoom, it was in person. These oh, okay. Person. Look, if it was a Zoom interview, and I got to the point where they're like, "Let's talk to the HR person," and the HR benefits was, was I'd just be like, "Delete." Delete. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh, oh, you're, you're breaking up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't hear you." <laughs> right. Who's gonna stick around for that, man? It's craziness. Yeah, and actually, I was talking to the head of that department that I was interviewing for. And he said that he tells them like up front because the, those benefits he knows are kind of whack and he's been trying to change them. And so he said, he tells them up front what they are. And I was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know all that. So he sat through this whole interview and was probably hyped. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, you really qualified. It's like, mm. <laughs> hey, man, look. Yeah. hey, look. And uh, the, the other thing I'll mention briefly, I think I mentioned it last week. I told y'all, all these crazy drivers. I finally got my um, dash cam. I got it installed. Of course, no real crazy drivers in my dash cam so far. I did see somebody running a red light, but up to this point, my dash cam has been more me about to run over people because I'm looking at my dash cam. <laughs> so I'm about to snitch on myself. Oh, no. You know what that deserves. Phenom's fail of the week. <laughs> uh but ryan what about you how was your week in blackness my week was uneventful man i uh basically playing it low-key this weekend because i've been tired as a mug mm. so i had a, a few days of uh i don't know it was just weird like i, I started saturday and i was like All right, let me let me clean this basement up i was sick you know last week the kids been down here and making a mess and I just ain't had the the uh, energy to to yell at them and tell them stuff. <laughs> so it's just let me just get out, get up, clean some stuff up, put on some music, and got going. And then at one point, ran out of gas. And I mean, immediately ran out of gas. I was just like, "Whoa, what happened?" Like I felt good for like the last three four days. Like what's going on? So it's strange. Uh, it comes and goes. I do have my taste back. I can smell. So I am I'm feeling better. So he does not have his taste back. He does not have his taste back. He has no taste in music. I would argue that your taste has left, sir, because the only albums you ever listen to are not. So, my 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 yeah. taste uh, is is still the same from 1998. Also, problem <laughs> trash. Um, but other than that, man, I really didn't have nothing to report. Uh, I wanted to random shout out to Leangelo Ball. He got in his little summer league game. Hello, and uh, y'all already know. 3BB is in the house now. All three of them finna be in the NBA. Uh, Leangelo was bussing. He had 16 little points. 15. 16, something yeah, like 16 that. 16 points. Like five, hit a lot of yeah, 16, but five threes. Yeah, He's so. gonna be in the sh- on the Shanghai Sharks, but okay. He ain't whatever. going nowhere. If they want to sign his brother, he finna get that Giannis brother, your brother deal. He gonna be on every team. <laughs> every team that, uh, what's the name is on, he gonna be on it. So that's how you do it, man. Get your whole, whole family in the NBA. That's cool. Hey, I've been I've been a person that's been trying to big up uh, Jello. You know, everybody's like, ah, he the wackest brother, he this and that. But I've been rooting for him, 
So, uh, yeah, I, I hope he makes it. I hope he finds somewhere and sticks. I feel bad that Zoe uh, didn't try to get to Charlotte because I know that was a little rumor for a minute that he was going to go to Charlotte. And I was like, oh, that would be great. LeVar, Jordan, and his boys out there yeah. hoping. You know how much smack talk would be had uh, in the press box? I'm here for that. I think that was a, yeah, that was a lot of smack talk. Because guess what? They ain't nobody in the in Chicago. I don't I think, think nobody so. else was. Well, uh, well, you know, they're investigating it. You know, they uh. You know, they're, they're, tam- they're tampering yeah, allegations, so we'll see what happens. You ain't no tampering. Y'all wasn't finna sign him back. What am I tampering for? Y'all all said y'all didn't want him. You said it all season. All right. Well, let's keep it pushing. Ryan, I see you got listener feedback on the uh, agenda right. here. So what you got for feedback. us? I forgot about that myself. Let me look it up real quick. Listener feedback. This one is for Paul. Paul. Stop talking. Listener Tarus said, he said, Stop tell Paul talking. one inch up the nose doesn't require a pause. What the hell are you into? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you're right. You know, I was like, Paul really want them dirty jokes to hit. And I think he'd just be stretching. So what you into, man? I don't want nothing. Of my, I don't want nothing one inch up anything. <laughs> okay. There's your answer, Taru. So I said, I will tell you. Appreciate the feedback. I agree. We appreciate it, though. Yes. Taru, I've been telling them they be overdoing it on the pauses. They don't want to let it go. I'm like, leave that in the 90s. They want to bring it uh, like the, uh, what's that dude? The uh, Time Traveler 2005. (laughs) 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 In his little saggy jeans. There's always an appropriate pause, but it's got to be a good one. That was not it. Got to make it good. It's too overused, but hey. Uh, so let's keep it pushing. Let's get into these topics. Ryan, where, where my sound? Dre Day, don't make Latoya's pay day. I know y'all heard this story about Dr. Dre and his daughter. Uh, Dr. Dre, we thought he was a billionaire, but apparently it's got recalculated and he's only yeah. an 800 millionaire now. So uh, still rich as, a heck to, rich as a heck to me. <laughs> uh, if I ever get anywhere close, I would be happy. Uh, but apparently his daughter is out saying that she is homeless and living out of a car. This is his oldest daughter. Um, she's 38 years old, single, mother of four. And I guess she's got to the end of her rope and she's just like, yo, I'm going to shame this brother into giving me some money at this point. And so she puts out that, you know, she's not doing too well. So the Twitter streets have been, uh, they were a little ablaze, I guess. It wasn't a huge fire or anything. But there was a lot of people saying, how are you going to be a billionaire? And your daughter ain't got nothing. And I was just curious because I thought this was a good conversation. Not only about uh, how long should you help somebody who is apparently not helping themselves, but um, how, how long should you have to help your oldest children, like your grown children? So I thought I'd bring that to the panel. So... Phenom, what do you think if you're if you have a kind of a strange daughter? She's thirty eight years old, but she broke out here in these streets. Do you pay her regardless? You just keep giving her money? Like what? What's the what's the limit? Well, I think if if you're worth this much money, and I, I thought it was funny, we talked about it a little bit before the show that. You know, they said Dre, Forbes magazine said Dre was a billionaire when they sold uh, Beats to Apple. And then I don't know how long uh, afterwards it was. It might have been a month or two months or might have been less than that. They, like you said, they recalculated and they're like, oh, no, we, we got some more information uh, on his stakes. And he's worth at the time is like 700 million or 750 million. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was sad because Dre was out there smoking cigars and popping bubbly, excited to be a billionaire only to get it taken away a little while later. Uh, But in terms of the daughter, it's a bad look to be worth $800 million and you got a daughter that's homeless. Uh, I know that there's more to the story. Um, Apparently his daughter, you know, was kind of talking bad about him um, in the media. And I think that is part of what, when he cut her off because she was doing negative uh, interviews. I still think as a parent, and I, I didn't read the interviews that she wrote, so I don't know how greasy she was talking or if she was just telling some uncomfortable truths that he didn't like. Uh, but in terms of how long you help her, like my thing, I think I would 
have like a house and a trust for her. Like if I knew I had a kid that maybe wasn't responsible or something like that, I might have a house for her, but it may not be in her name. If I think she's going to sell it, is she going to be on some drugs or she going to do whatever? Look, you got a place to stay. This place is here for you. So that way it don't come back on me that I'm not providing for my kids or my grandkids are uh, living in a car out on the streets or whatever. When, so I think you can provide. When would the trust mature? She's 38 years old. <laughs> Normally it matures when you're 21, 25, 30. Like what no, was some, some, 40? Some, yeah, you got some. Some have a 40. Trust. Yeah, some last a lot longer than that. You got some trust that's just like forever, right? Like Or like yeah. until the person dies. Like if he had oh, okay. a trust kind of in his name, then he could have his, like all his kids or one of his kids or whatever on the trust. And then when he dies, they split the assets. How many other people to trust uh, or on the trust would split the assets. So he could do something like that. Hmm. All right. So, but what about you, Shonda? What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I'm kind of double-minded on this topic because I feel like, um, you know, why would he help an able-bodied 38-year-old who only wants to work at, you know, Uber Eats and Grubhub? But I also... Harsh. <laughs> that that might be kind of mean. But, I mean, just looking at it logically, it's like, man, like, is she, what is she doing for herself? Like, if your dad, if my dad were Dr. Dre, I would be learning as much as I possibly could. I would always be with him at the studio or wherever he is, making his money, learning and applying. Like, there is no way I would be that close to that much knowledge and that much talent and not take full advantage the fact that she has four children, don't know her past situation, but to me, it just appears to be a little bit of a lack of drive. However, like Fina said, I would maybe get a house, at least for the grandkids, but not necessarily put her in a position where she's just pocketing off of my hard work and she's not doing anything. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a tough one, but I'm a bit double-minded because I feel like she's still able to do something and it doesn't appear that she's doing anything box wine poppy i feel like you got a spicy take on this what is hey it? it's gonna be three and oh on this one because i'm like hey man you gotta uh I, 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 I sympathize with her i mean obviously things she's had some maybe some bad breaks i'm sure maybe the, the parents you know not staying together when she was young didn't help probably but yeah, man, if you're a billionaire, man, I mean, you can drop off a little something just to, you know, get her just to get her on, enough on her feet when she's not living out of a car. Uh, I'm sure the girl has made some horrific choices in her life, having four kids and not really having a job or a, a, a baby's daddy or husband is, uh, seems to be <laughs> the primary uh, problem. But uh, yeah, man, I don't know, man, I, 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 you know, for my kids, I'm definitely going to take care of them until the day they die. Uh, unless something crazy, but I do know if I was Dr. Dre, I would definitely give her a little house, and I'd be like, just like a Smokey on Friday, I say, don't you ever, 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 ever come by here, okay? Just you get the you get that you have the house over here. Don't come over to my house. Just stay over. What if she's there. a widow? I mean, that'd be that'd be that'd be that that's tragic. But guess what? <laughs> she's not a widow. She's not a widow. <laughs> She's not a widow. Yeah, and it, I mean, it says that he was basically he was taking care of her up until 18 months ago. So he was uh, supporting her financially. And like I said, that's when she was uh, doing the stories in the press. And I guess he probably gave her warning and, you know, she she kept going. And so he cut her off, uh, which I still think isn't a good look. But I think there's ways to, again, like like you all said, keep her off the streets, make sure the grandkids are safe, not sleeping on somebody else's couch where you don't necessarily have to just keep giving her money uh, over and over. Just give her, give her some resources, some tools. And, uh, you know, Dre, Dre doesn't have the most um, stellar reputation in terms of... You mean he's you know, not going to win father of the year? That is true. <laughs> Father to your husband right. of the year, you know. And I love Dre's music, you know, but on the on that personal side he has had some some issues in that area. So we can't look at it like there's probably no blame for him in this. Yeah, it looked like looked like he met her mama when he was sixteen, she was fourteen, and had a kid when they was fifteen, kind of thing. And so yeah, it's, it's it was a rough time period for them, I'm sure. And who who knows what I don't want to cast too much judgment on him just because you never know. But at the same time, like when you got eight hundred million, man, that's unlimited money. 
And so I can't see me like, what kind of a person are you if you don't help somebody until it's your last? I mean, it's just how I am, though. But uh, I'm not going to give you my last. But I got 800 million last, so I'm sure I can give you a few of them. So, well, uh, hey, you're you there. You got to be a you got to be a, a kind of bad person and step on some necks to get that much money, and that's just my. Opinion. Why would a, why would the girl talk spicy about the dad like in interview? Like, first of all, who's asking for the interview? Why why are you talking spicy if, if, if you're whatever 36, 37, He's been supporting you all this time that's, to some extent. Why why are you doing that? You know, that's 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 also crazy too. Like, what are you what are you doing? <laughs> what's what's wrong? What's up with you that you, you thought that was a good idea? That's terrible. Well, not that he should not that he should he gotta let some things roll us back too but i mean that, that's 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 about as dumb as you can get right there you you, you, you i mean let's, you know let's uh, also also be real about it like dr dre has been accused of beating every single woman he's ever been with so if somebody came to her and said yo did he beat your mama and then you'd be like yeah he beat my mama and it's the truth then sorry bro right. i like yeah you may not want to give her no money now because she told the truth but it's the truth and it needs to come out so mm. on behalf that's of the black saying, girl, she's lawyers i want to say this is yeah. this is allegedly this is all allegedly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's why I said she may have just told some uncomfortable truths, you know, that he didn't like. We know people in power, especially people with money, you don't want that negative press out. So it could have been true. I don't know. But I I still think, Dre, do better. Don't don't have your daughter out here uh, poor and homeless and, and living in a car. Man, how how are four, five people living in a car, first of all? It, it wasn't even a great car. It was like a little small SUV. Like, how is five people living in one no, SUV? I think, I think they said the kids were living on people's couches. Yeah. Like, the kids were staying kids with were other staying people, with and she was just living in the car. Yeah. That's yeah, First that's, of all, she paying $2,300 for three weeks of SUV rental. If you don't go buy you a bucket or something, <laughs> like, why? You got $2,300 to spend, then you could have had a car. Like go somewhere. No, but she says she only paid for one week. She said it was twenty three hundred for three weeks, but she only paid for uh, one. Still so a lot of money. Paid, you know, she can come. She can come get this Malibu. She can come get this Malibu right now for twenty three hundred. <laughs> no title though. Being but that, I give it to you. You remember that uh, station wagon DMX was rolling in. R.I.P. to DMX no. when he got pulled over the one time in like a nineteen eighty three station wagon. What you gotta do? Oh, I remember that. Yep. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the next story. We're going from Dr. Dre and his $800 million, uh, to college was supposed to close the wealth gap. Uh, maybe his daughter, you know, would have had that college education. Maybe she would have got some bank on her own. But Boxwine Poppy is saying that that's not happening. That's right. AWP. That's right. Good. I don't know why I decided to pick the most educated topic of the week with my dumb ass, but for some reason I did. This article is in the Wall Street Journal. Unlike you brokies, I actually have a subscription to Wall Street Journal. Thank, shout out to my, my company for, for, for giving Flex. that. But uh, yo, man, it's an interesting article. It was talking about like, you know, I mean, we talk about like equality and, you know, reparate, all this stuff like that. But to me, a lot of this, I mean, which is all, all valid, but like, you know, college and, 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 and uh, you know, Income equality is is a big is a big problem in this country and, and just getting worse and worse and worse. And so this article is like really just breaking it down, and it's just talking about like you know a lot of uh, minorities, but black people that went to college, you know, even though they're the ones that are going to college, they're still falling further and further behind. You know, their counterparts, white counterparts. They don't even talk about Hispanics in this article really at all, but but talking about blacks and stuff like that. And so, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of stats. I'm not going to give you all the information, but I just want to get your thoughts about like, first of all, you know, if you, I'm sure you haven't read the article because it's long as hell, but like, what do y'all think is the, the key drivers of why black people that are going to college in their 30s, you know, after they've graduated, they've, they, they've got a job. They got a family. Why are they falling farther behind? Let's just—I just want to see what y'all think it is, and let's 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 go. We'll go from there. Anyone want to start it off? Ryan, because we black, we keep on telling y'all this, but nobody is listening. All things equal, for some reason, when you are black and brown of skin, you get paid less. It's pretty simple. I mean, y'all y'all can keep uh, making up different reasons, saying it's one thing or the other. But when it comes down to it, that's the only common denominator with everybody who's put in this position that their skin is. Well, for the sake for the sake of this segment, I'm going to give you some 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 other arguments in a minute. But Shonda or, or Phenom, do y'all have any guesses? Because that's not the answer I was looking for. <laughs> well, that is the answer, but I think too, whenever you're a black <laughs> female, that makes it even more difficult. But I mean, ultimately. I think that those degrees that we have to go back to school to get whenever we actually have 
income towards paying off those bills is because at a minimum, it's going to be required whenever we try to go get jobs, right? So, you know, where someone may be able to walk into a place, they know somebody, they can have an opportunity and it is truly just handed to them and they can learn the job. While we can technically do the same thing in abilities, we can't do it on paper. We have to come with at minimum, quite frankly, at this point, I feel like bachelor's degrees are like the like the high school <laughs> diplomas. I, I've been telling that I've been telling Ryan that for a decade. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, in, if, if anybody who's of the black delegation wants to have a fair chance at a job that they know that they're qualified for, they have to at minimum have um, a degree, a college degree. And that may entail getting into debt in your 30s and 40s because you want to get to the next level. What you think, Fino? I think it's a multifaceted issue. Number one, I feel like part of it is the, the family structure, the socioeconomic structure. I think a lot of black and brown folks, uh, you know, keep it real we don't necessarily have uh, two parent homes or, or a lot of money so when we go to college we're more likely to get loans you know all of us or like Pell Grant or let, let me get this loan like let me take I don't know all of us but I know for me I took out every loan that I could get <laughs> because you know my family wasn't able to really contribute zero contribution to my education <laughs> zero contribution Right. And so I think that's part of it. Uh, I think that, you know, when you get to the Caucasian delegation, the parents are able to contribute more so they don't have to take on as much debt. Uh, I think, too, what you all have kind of talked about moving goalposts whenever you're dealing with uh, black folks, especially like if the uh, if the goal or if the criteria is like, OK, you got to have a college degree and more black people start to get college degrees. Oh, well, now you also got to have this certification or you have to have this experience or you have to have whatever. So they're going to keep moving the goalposts uh, when it comes to black and brown folks. And then lastly, um, hey, this man gave us a multi-pronged answer. Damn, really? He said multi-faceted. <laughs> it is a multi-pronged answer. He said, he said it. Yeah, you're right. And now you, now you done made me forget the last one. So I'm a, I'm gonna remember it and I'll come back and jump. Well, I'm, a, well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna applaud the phenom because he he got he hit hit most of the nails on the head. But the article doesn't talk about like uh, moving the goalposts necessarily. But the, the key thing they talk about is uh, first of all the pa- families are less able to help, and so they have some interesting stats. Let me pull it up here. So for white families in 2012, 64 percent of white families contributed an average of nearly seventy three thousand dollars to their kids going to college. Seventy three thousand and two thirds and two thirds of families that. For the same same study, same thing. They, uh, uh, this is from the St. Louis Fed. So local. There's a couple of local bits in there, but I'll talk that talk about that in a second. And they said just 34 percent of black families supported their fa- their kids going to college, and all they donated was sixteen thousand dollars on average. So you're talking about you talking about seventy three dollars. No, if I ask my mama right now for seventy three dollars, she'd be like, I can't help you, baby. Right. Hey, <laughs> that's some gas money. Look, that's, that's about it. When, my, when I went to college, my mom was every, every weekend she'd call me and she was like, "So when are you gonna finish this?" Out? I was like, "Man, it's freshman year, dog. What are you talking? About? I don't know how long it's gonna take." Because she was like, "You got to be done ASAP." Uh, so that was one interesting. Step, but also they were talking, talking about like the the cost of the rise in cost of tuition. I mean, I mean, yeah, I get on I get on there like and look at like how much college costs now for like my the college I went to. Ryan went to and you know like man it's mad crazy higher than what we were you know paying back then so like so it's the two prong thing you got you got the families supportive of being able to support less provide less and then the cost is rising so then what happens the the this, the, the person they they bet on themselves but then they 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 got to come out with with tens of thousands a hundred thousand worth of debt and that's just if you go to undergrad you know so I, th- yeah. I mean that's where it's all that's where it all kind of starts. It doesn't go really go anywhere beyond that. But the article also has a good a good little anecdote. There's a dude from uh, East St. Louis in the article, Deontay Wright, and he was talking about how he went to college and struggling, but now he's like doing real success in Washington D.C. And he, he flew his mom out to see his house in Washington D.C. and she cried because she never she uh, she never thought her, her kids would do that. So that was that was a good local story, local uh, part of it that nice. I wanted to throw out to, to y'all. Nice. And I, I got my other facet that I was going to mention. And this actually is kind of the fault of black folks. And I, I understand 
why we do it, why we did it, why we put ourselves in this position. Uh, because as we've talked, we've, we know that the goalpost is moving. So parents are always telling kids, go to college, get that degree, get a good job. When in fact, some students really don't need to be in college. Like some students are going to be more uh, like they're more hands on. Like you're going to be a mechanic. You're going to be a plumber. You're going to be an electrician. And those are those are good, high paying jobs. Like once you get into them. Mm -hmm. But we started taking our kids out of trade schools, like because we thought ranking or ITT tech or whatever, like that's not prestigious enough. Don't go there. Go to get this four-year degree. At some expensive school. That's because those schools are also scamming a... people. <laughs> like, it's plenty of plenty of us that went to ranking and all those places. I know some personally. And what was they doing? They were scamming. They're not teaching them anything. And they couldn't get a job when they got out anyway. That's pro that's profile. Were, but I, I think there are, there are definitely trade schools or there are trades that you can learn. And like I said, you could have a successful good paying career because you always going to need people to build houses. You always going to need people to be plumbers. Um, but if you like, if you, if you got a 15 or no, if you got a 13 on your ACT, you don't need to be at a four year university. <laughs> like, like you, you could do something different. And I think putting those individuals like that into a four year university, putting all that debt on them when you could have got a fraction of the debt, got some hands on training, but I think our parents just thought that, you know, they just wanted the best for us. And so they push us in that direction where I think there are other opportunities and avenues. Everybody doesn't have to go to college. And so you have to identify if this is that path and, uh, you know, promote it accordingly. So. I'll, I'll throw a counterpoint to this, man. This is what we should. All everything you said is right. But the other thing, flip side of the corner of that is like, man, before you like get to college, like high school, you need these kids now that you need a terrible ass job to see, see like what it's going to be like <laughs> and like hey is you is you want to is you want to do this for the rest of your life or do you want to go chill out for four years in, in air conditioning and have some have some good times uh you know probably get high and drink and drunk and, and kick it and then you have a, a, a decent career look the best thing that happened to me was going to the, look i had i had crappy jobs we talked about first job but army man going to army and like figuring doing that for like a while just a little while not even that long but just figuring like hey man do i really want to do this be out here with these grown men out here in this hot ass sun sweating all day like i'm I, do i think i can do 20 years of that no i can't do that give me some air conditioning give me an office i'm i'm cool and so hey when Ryan knows I was there. I was focused on the books. I was I was trash in high school, man. I wasn't doing nothing. I wasn't reading. I wasn't doing nothing. But I, once once I figured out, like, hey, I need to get going. Paul got Paul got that. mad serious, like second semester freshman year, and it was just like, oh no, I'm in the books. I'm in the books, and I was just like, all right, man. <laughs> hey man, hey, because I told you my mom's to call me every yeah. weekend. Like when you come, hey, hey, I ain't paying for. Look, I'm, I'm, I don't want to pay for it now. I'm not gonna pay for it if you if you getting a, a two point five whatever it was. So like you got you got to come up. So it's like, hey, you got to put up or shut up, and that was it, man. So but man, ain't nobody studying. Shonda, you look like you had something to add. What were you gonna say? Well, no, I was just gonna say like to your point. I think that that's why a lot of times people will wait um, until a little bit later to go to college. I know like for myself, I waited until I got the corporate job that would support me financially to go back to school. And I was fortunate enough to literally graduate with less than $10,000 in school debt. So I think like that's like another way, you know, we in the black delegation may sometimes have to maneuver things like try to, you know, do what you can to maneuver to get into a role or a position where you are then supported financially by your employer to then, you know, climb the ropes as you need to. So, or it's obtain a, a de the degree. It's a Shauna definitely lied to when they said, oh, are you going to stay for five years? And <laughs> she was like, oh, yeah, I'm here for life. <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange, uh, uh, I mean, that's, that's one of those things I remember and Phenom, you probably know, and, and, and Paul. When we were that age, man, we couldn't really get up in the office like that. Like, it wasn't too many jobs that we could walk in and be like, hey, we want to be the receptionist. They'd be like, yo, get out of here and go break some bricks. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> go to UPS. Like, we didn't have those options, so we couldn't get a, a, a more, quote unquote, cushy job. Not that those jobs were ever easy, but I had to be in college to get the little internships that I did have, uh, you know, to get paid a decent wage at that point, work in the office. So, man, I don't know. We need apprenticeships, but we don't have the opportunity, I think. And and unfortunately, part of that's because we black. 
Like, I can't go to a plumber and be right. like, yo, I want to be a plumber. He'd be like, come on, son. We start on Monday. <laughs> like, it, it don't happen for us. It just don't. We, we, we definitely need more, we definitely yeah, more avenues to, to try things out. But, like, really that, man, that, like, you know, 14 to 18-year window, like, you know, I, I don't have my kids there yet, you know, but, like, there's got to be more done, more experiences, more, like, you know, putting people through it, like, figuring out what's the best. And also, like, seeing what path they really want to go. I think, too, you know, too much now, it's like, it's all cookie cutter. The kids just, you know, they chill out. Maybe they get a little little part-time job, but they're just hanging out. And then, man, Ryan, you remember, I mean, and Fiend, I'm sure I'm sure all of us, you know, freshman year, man, there was a lot of dudes that was kicking with us. They, they weren't back at that first semester. Some weren't back, you know, and, and it was like, they, you know, they, they just disappeared. And, that, like, those dudes just, like, but maybe they would have been better suited, like, you know, yeah, like like you know, a trade school figuring it out. But there, but the flip side, there's other people like me. Like was tra- my grades was terrible, but I was like, hey, I'm, I'm I, I, I've done had some real real world experiences. I don't want to do that stuff. I don't want to be I'm, look at look at these beautiful hands. These these hands are not for me <laughs> labor, dog. Look at this look at this skin. Look, at, I'm not I'm not designed to be on the sun all day. No, manicured. Yeah, tips. no, man, I can't I can't have all that. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but okay. Get some French tips you right, this well, podcast. <laughs> Well, we know that the the purpose of college, at least for most people, some is higher education. But for most, we're trying to get the bag. We're trying to get a nice paycheck. And so Shonda is going to bring the next story to us. And we're asking whether our colleagues should determine our salaries. Shonda, explain this idea. Yep, that's exactly the question on the table. Would you work at a company where your colleagues decided your salary? There's a company that's based out of Buenos Aires, Argentina. It's a software company called Ten Pines, and they allow their employees to have a say in all major decisions, such as who's hired. As a final step in their interview process, candidates will meet all 90 people that are a part of the company, and the you know 90 people will determine if that person is a good fit for the company or not. Another thing that they're involved in, the employees also decide how much money their peers are paid. So three times a year, employees have what's called a rates meeting where employees can pitch why they deserve a raise. Uh, they can lay out, you know, essentially like their responsibilities and the colleagues will ultimately take a vote and determine if the pay will be agreed upon. So the idea is uh, around enhanced accountability And this environment is called Radical Transparency. Statewide, we have a company whose environment is similar. That's Netflix. Won't go into the specifics. If you're interested, check the show notes. But ultimately, I just wanted to pose the question to the group. Do you think that you could work for a company where your colleagues would would decide your salary? Throw it to you first. Would I be comfortable? I think for me personally and my personal life, I will be good with it because typically where I work, people like me, like all my jobs (laughs) that I've had, like people, people seem to like me. I don't have haters. I don't have people that are uh, backbiting or talking behind my back, or if they do, it doesn't get back to me. And so generally people think I'm a good hard worker that, you know, I, I get my job done. I help other people out. So I feel like if I was in this situation, I would have a nice little decent salary. I feel like some of these years when I was making pennies, you know, I might have been making little uh, gold coins around there because people like me a bit. Uh, I do think that when you look at it from a broader angle, I mean, because I'm black, of course, right. <laughs> we, we done talked about it. Black folks in these situations going to be paid the least. They're going to be like, up. Oh, you darkies, <laughs> you get, you get uh, $8 an hour, <laughs> whereas... Uh, Todd over here or Seth, you know, is making 45 an hour or 60 an hour or whatever. But uh, I think it would it would benefit me. Boxwine, what about you? Hell 
hell to the no, man. Look, if you put me in a in a room with ninety of my coworkers and they got to pick myself, look, first of all, I'm I'm fighting everybody, and I got to do this three times a year. Look, first of all, nothing's gonna get done because I'm gonna try to as soon as you cut my salary, this, this, this like in in September or whatever like that. Look, man, I'm doing I'm making it my life's goal every every next meeting to knock yours down below mine <laughs> from from here on out. So like, man, it's it's, it's gonna come to blows. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, man. No. And first of all, look, let's be real. Sometimes, some days I'm the incompetent one, but there's a lot of days where there's other people that work, that work with me that are, that are way more incompetent than me. And I'm like, man, how are you working with me? Like, I, like you are too dumb to be working with me right now. Like, why am I sitting here, like, breathing the same air as you? Dang. So, like, no, man, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and uh, let somebody else judge me because people be salty at work. Well, offices are like... It's like the lunchroom in, in, in school and you got like people like Phenom looking to beat you up, take your shoes and your lunch money. And I'm not do, and I'm not going for it. No, man. I, pay me what I owe. And I don't want my salary fluctuating like this. Who, who wants that because you're because some coworkers don't like you? Then get up out of here. That's for crazy. a raise. They're not going to knock you down. She said for a raise. How you know? Because she said How you know? for a raise. Nobody's going to go up and down, up and down. Don't change my narrative. Don't. don't this, is, this is where I want to go. If they can move, if they can change myself up and da- up, they can change it down. I'm not going for it. Okay, let me jump in here. So, this is one of these situations where if we were in Ryan's world, like yes, this is a great idea because you would think that hey, if everybody's being honest and being real, it would reward the people who work hard, and it would not reward the people who are not part of the group and doing their jobs. That's what it's meant to do, but of course, it's not going to be that way because people are shady and uh, people suck, and so they're going to find a reason mm-hmm. not to give you your money when you deserve it just because you looked at them funny at the at the coffee machine or something. So, and, and Shonda, let's be real, just ear Shonda earmuff for a second, man. Like, there's women Stop that hate other women at their job. Every like, every earmuff a grown woman. <laughs> But look, hey, every every office, man, every there's a, there's a woman that hate, there's absolutely there's like a mortal enemy of another woman in that office. There there just is every office ever, I've ever been in any like mini office. There's just like that one woman over there. They 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 are mortal enemies, and if they say one word in the break room, it's on. It's on site. It just always is like that. There's one. You want that person out there to determine your race? No. <laughs> but uh, one thing I noticed, and I'm I was. Saw this story on a different uh, article than the link that we have. Of course, check the show notes. We got links to all the stories that we talk about on the show notes. Uh, but they talked about, so they when you're doing the salary thing, they basically put you with the other people that kind of do your job and that have the same experience level. So it's not like the whole 90 people in the company are deciding on your salary. But if you're, let's say, an engineer and you've been doing it for five years, they're going to get the other engineers who've been there three to seven years, and that's the group that's going to decide your salary because they know what you're doing, um, you know, the task, what you deserve to make. So I think that's a little bit easier to swallow than just kind of a group. The whole company kind of looks at you uh, because these are people that will be doing your job and knows what it entails. But yeah, everybody here, and I'm sure this has happened, maybe not your current position, but at some point in time, you had a supervisor who was an idiot. And you'd be like, yo, I don't even know why you got this job. I had uh, somebody like that uh, back when I worked in my first retail job. Uh, well, it was retail, but I was still in the office. And this man, all he did was literally sit there in his office, do nothing with his feet up. If we asked him anything, he didn't know the answer. He'd be like, so what do you think? And then we would tell him and he'd be like, well, then do that. And then we walk back out. He would put his feet back up. And all he did otherwise was sexually harass all the women in the office. Bro, he was trash. <laughs> the same man asked me at one point in time, hey, can you give me a reference for the new gig you at? And I was like, oh, no, we don't have any openings. Nothing to have you bring that trash up in here. That, that dude was garbage, and I don't want you being my son. And that dude, that dude is that dude is now a U.S. senator. He probably is. <laughs> he probably is. Just yeah, I, I think this is weird to us in America because we're used to. I mean, this is probably weird in any society, but we're we're so used to the corporate kind of setting uh, the prices and or, or the salaries and things like that. Where I mean, this is another way, and I think it can work. I don't know if it could work in America, just because of how we are. I mean, we can't even get 
Mask to work with the pandemic. Do we want our kids to live? No, yes, no, maybe. Okay, dog. Shonda, any any last thoughts on this uh, topic? No, I was going to say to your point, Netflix is actually one of the companies statewide that's you know sort of implementing this sort of deal. But it's interesting. They did say that they they fire more people than most companies, but less people leave. So I don't know if it's, you know, a successful, viable control environment or Stockholm syndrome. Who knows? Hmm. That's interesting. Definitely interesting. So final topic is mine. I talked about America being uh, stupid that we can't even agree on mask. And there is a company, uh, local St. Louis, uh, where three to four black delegates are operated out of. There is a cab company uh, that has decided that they're sick and tired of the vaccine. They're sick and tired of these masks. And so Yo Cab Company has said, you know what? We got a new policy. If you've been vaccinated, you can't ride your cab. (laughs) You got a mask on. You cannot ride a Yo Cab. They say they only will transport people who have not been vaccinated and who are not wearing a mask. <laughs> so, and and the owner, Charlie Bullington, who owns Yo Transportation, he said that he makes potential uh, riders, and I think they normally, uh, they mainly operate out the airport, but he asked people who wants to uh, get a cab those questions. Have you been vaccinated? And do you wear a mask? And if they say yes to either of those questions, he says, I'm sorry, you had to go with another cab company. Uh, Ryan, you said you'd like to be surprised. You had not read this story. So now that you know about Yo Cab Company and their new policy, what are your thoughts? Dude, oh my God. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what. First of all, I'm going to let Ron Osley speak for me first. What the hell is going on? Is going on. What the hell is going on? Why? Okay, so basically the life expectancy of this entire cab company has now dropped, I'm sure. Uh, can you imagine the premiums on their health insurance when, when the health insurance finds out that they're doing this? Like, they're not getting any benefits anymore. It's going to be sky high if they do. And this is dumb, man. But hey, we also live... In the land of the free here in Missouri, America. So they'll probably get a lot more business for a minute. It'll at least get their name out there and all the right-wing publications. And maybe that'll help. I don't know. Trash. Uh, Shonda, what are your thoughts? And, and Missouri is one of the top three states or the bottom three states in terms of vaccination rates. So you're right on that, Ryan. But Shonda, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this ha- Would you ride in a yo cab? No. I would not ride in a yo cab. <laughs> However, I'm looking at their website now and it says they serve Franklin, Jefferson County, Lincoln County, Montgomery, St. Charles, Warren County. This is all, all Imagine Trump that. City. Like, Imagine like, that. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I would probably not be welcome to ride in this cab anyway. So it has nothing to do with the vaccination policy, but... No, I just I think it's just another way to divide and, you know, an opportunity for him to get some, you know, some free publicity, basically. Um, You know, I just I just think it's, you know, Missouri is just a strange state and also the last to abolish slavery, slavery. So, you know, definitely I think that some of these mindsets have still sort of lingered on, but totally racist because I, I feel like it's just a stand against the policies of 45. Now, the the owner, uh, Mr. Bullington, he did say that he did some research on mask and he did not believe that mask uh, would help out. They said he he said he read two websites, even though they're kind of known for right wing conspiracy theories. But he did the two websites and they said that mask didn't really help. So you don't believe that, Chanda? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Box wine poppy, you're shaking your head down there. I, again, my, my question I asked earlier before the pod is, was he this color? What, <laughs> what, what, what do we know about Mr. Bellingham? I don't know. I, I just want to know. It, it sounds like he he's not. not based a, on the... He is not of the black delegation. Okay. He is. Uh, I'm, I'm almost certain. I, I haven't seen a picture of him, but I'm 99.99% sure. <laughs> sure. I, I, it, 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 it wasn't it wasn't clear at first. But yeah, gotcha. But uh, yeah, no, I, it's it's a wrap for me. I'm not I'm not uh, getting on yo in, in a yo cab anytime soon. But like that is this is literally like one of the. I mean, there, there's just been a whole you know two years of just dumb story and just they've been dumber and dumber. <laughs> this is like the dumbest one ever. Uh, like who wants to sit in a cab? Who would want to be the next person to get in the cab? That's uh, you're uh, you're unvaccinated. You're not wearing a mask. And you're just gonna sit there behind each other. I mean, people. But again, th- this doesn't really surprise me because like cab people. Let, let's be real, man. Hey, shouts to my my cab drivers, my Uber drivers out there. They you get in the car and they don't say a damn word for however long the trip is. They just they just listening to NPR and and vibing out. That's all they doing. I love them dudes. But I, man, you get in some cab. We, I mean, I'm sure we all have stories. You get in cabs, and they be asking you some random. Stuff. I've had some some dude like get into like some conspiracy, like some like like some some Israel conspiracy theory on me stuff on me. I'm like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I just drop my ass off. I want to get up out of this cab. Cab drivers are weird, man. So don't make it, it's not too surprising here. But man, keep those opinions to yourself, man. No, I'm I'm wearing a mask on, and if you, if you got a problem with it, I don't need to be be in your cab anyway. Okay, and I did just see a uh, interview. With the cab driver. Yes, he is of the Caucasian delegation. Um, but yeah, the reason I picked this story, I mean, obviously it's outrageous. Um, but it's like representative because I see so many times or I see interviews or read stories about just how crazy people are with the mask. Where they're just like, no, this is this is a, a decision of personal freedom. Uh, when it comes to returning to schools, people like, you don't make my kids wear masks. I think I was listening to the daily and they were talking to this woman and uh, she was an anti-masker. She said she didn't believe in it. She didn't uh, wear a mask. Her family didn't really like masks. And uh, they asked her, they're like, well, did you get COVID or, you know, have you been impacted by COVID? She said, yeah, you know, well, I caught COVID. Uh, either her cousin or her niece worked at a bar and she was anti-mask and she caught COVID at the bar. Uh, brought it back, infected, you know, this woman who was doing the interview and her sister or whatever, and her grandmother caught it and she had some other health issues and they're like, oh, you know, well, um, what happened? Well, my grandmother ended up passing and they're like, well, was it from COVID? No, it, it wasn't from COVID. And she said some other disease or whatever. And they're like, well, did COVID have influenced it or did it affect it at all? Yeah, the doctor said that COVID made it worse. <laughs> so... Basically, her grandmother died from COVID because nobody in the family wanted to wear a mask. And they asked her at the end, of course, would you have done anything differently uh, had you known this? And she's like, well, my niece feels bad. She said she she should have worn a mask because she worked at a bar. But the rest of us, you know, it's it's about our personal freedom and we just don't believe in it. So you just killed your grandma because you didn't want to wear a mask. And then you can't even admit like, yeah, I was stupid. I should have just got the vaccine. I should have just worn a mask. So, I don't know. That's the society that we in. Just people just make stupid decisions. Did y'all hear that uh, here in Missouri, like the medical, the coroner was like not putting COVID on the on yeah. the death certificates if they asked him to I take saw it that. Like, but he said it was like he said it was tiny. It was only like a dozen, like a couple of dozen. Yo, that's still a lot, though, man. They, you die from COVID. You die from COVID. Why are you, you know, falsifying documents? Well, I mean. Well, I mean, like, yeah, no, they, like, they were, like, some, you know, people have, if you get from pneumonia or whatever like that, from the COVID or whatever like that, they just, you know, they were like, just don't put the COVID on. That's what the family, they were asked, the family was asking, hey, take it, do you mind take it off? And so he would do that, so. But, I mean, we know the deaths undercounted. I mean, it's, it's true. It's going to be, that's, that's facts. First of all, we don't have, we, the early part, we didn't even have any good testing for the people that had it. Who knows how long COVID's even been in the country? It could have been here for a year earlier. And, I mean, I talk to you, Ron, about that all the time. I think the stuff was here way before, you know, it started making the news. It probably was here six months before. That thing you had before, I we, told before, you before COVID. I had was worse than COVID. Whatever that was, it was go. worse than what I had with COVID. But man, yeah, man, people are just people are just, just stupid, man. And I mean the mass stuff and 
But man, it's nothing you can do, man. Because I, I, all I do is listen to the news every day. You hear all these like school board meetings and people are just going crazy. You know, they they got shirts made up and big old signs and like masks are killing our kids, man. man okay, well, <laughs> what do you do? But but for, man, for me personally, like I, I'm like I had a, I had a family member that wasn't vaxxed and died not too long ago from it. But at this point, after this, I, like only people I care about are kids zero through twelve. And if you're once they get the vaccine out for those kids. I don't care about none. I don't care none about none of these grown folks out here. If you die, if your whole family die from COVID, oh, they all lean one way politically for most part. Let them die. I don't care, man. I don't care at this point. It's, it's up to they make their decision and and hope you just playing Russian roulette with your with your immune system. Good luck until COVID twenty three. That's, that's the sad. Once COVID twenty three happened, like we didn't incubated it now. That's the problem. Like, what's the, look out? Look how quickly the Delta uh, variant is spread. Look how quickly it went through my house. Like, yo, we didn't even know people were sick yet, and we all had it. That's crazy. So all you need to do is have something similar but worse, and it's spreading that fast. Yeah. It's trouble. And it, and it's crazy because when it comes to, like, kids in school, like, kids have to get how many vaccinations to be registered for school. Like, you got you already got to get, like, six different shots or whatever going into the More year. And it's like. But with this COVID, like parents, like nope, you you better not mandate it. You know, I'm not. I don't want my kid to get the vaccine. I don't want my kid to wear a mask. Uh, it's hard for them to breathe. Well, it's hard for them to breathe with pneumonia, <laughs> too. right? Uh, but with fluid on your lungs. You know, it, it is what it is. That's the state that we are in America. It's kind of sad, uh, but I did think that this yo taxi was just over the top. Uh, but it's a representation of where we at. All right, way to end on a sad note, Phenom. Way to end on a sad note. Uh, so, if you would like to uh, ride in the Yo Taxi, if you want the information so that we can can pass you the number, uh, you can hit us up, the Black Delegates. Again, check us out, blackdelegates.com. And also hit us up on social media, black, uh, black Delegates underscore between Black and Delegates on Twitter and Instagram, Box Wine Poppy on Twitter, uh, the Black Ryan on Twitter and Instagram, and at Ghetto Phenom on Twitter and Instagram. Shonda still hiding out on the social media scene. Box Wine Poppy, if people want to help out the show, if they want to help us grow, what can they do? Rate, review us, subscribe. Taru, don't have to send no negative feedback, man. Just send positive stuff. That's all we need. Uh, and yeah, man, tell a friend. All that good stuff, man. You know what to do. You hear every pod you listen to. And, uh, any closing words for us, Ryan? Shonda, you got anything to say? I want my <laughs> what was that oh, what God. was that <laughs> my, my closing words are going to be I think that all jobs should have these tests that Shonda took I want to know what that job was where that test mm-hmm. is uh, and I think you know what I think we're going to start doing that on the Black Delegates podcast if you want to be a listener of the show you're going to have to pass a test <laughs> we're going to put this test together and let's see if you pass the test to listen to the black delegates. You must be this smart to ride this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, again, we appreciate you for rocking with us uh, one more time. Uh, and we will see you next week. Peace. Peace.